Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's a Friday morning episode, and uh, you, Sam, are in a different location. You are not in the Vita Modular. No. Uh, tell the boys and girls where you are. I am in a place called Guernsey, um, mm. which is uh, one of the Channel Islands off the south coast between the south of England and between Hampshire and France. To someone like me in the northeast, that mm. seems fantastical. Yeah, that seems mad, like, isn't it? like Narnia or somewhere like that. Yeah, a, it, a mystical kingdom. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, you are there. It, is, it felt it? a bit like that to me when I landed. I mean, this right. is—we're talking about the land of the lights of Matt Letitia and Graham Lasseau, Englishmen yeah, with the word "le" in their names. I mean, Bizarre. what kind of fucking mad place is this? I genuinely felt a bit like, it, obviously, it's an obvious thing to say, but on the night I landed, it did feel a bit like, okay, I'm Edward Woodward in The Wicker Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's, a, it's a, you know, like, it was darkness, dusk had fallen, and mm. uh, I was picked up by a, a nice man, but he was taciturn, he was quiet, and mm. um, he wasn't a talker, and obviously I am. So I tried yeah. to, I tried to give him the old um, adorable Delaney cheeky charm, but yeah, he wasn't your, buying your, it. Your co- affable Cockney friend is in town. Yeah, I came out. Tell me what's what. Chucked, Tell me it. I came out, chucked him an apple. <laughs> I had two apples ready, obviously. <laughs> did you bounce? Did you throw it up? And yeah. Bounce it off your bicep towards. Yeah, him? I bounced it off my bicep, threw it to him, and then I conjured another one. Like did a little bit of a sort of a bit to juggle him bit, and then I took a bite out of it, yeah. and I thought usually that works for me as an icebreaker. But um, bleach, yeah. But no, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. I mean, he didn't. I wouldn't say he was hostile to it, but he just it, it, he didn't it didn't warm me up. And so then we drove quietly through the country lanes, and it, you know at dusk it was very quiet, and it was a bit like going back in, ta- in time, as I understand mm. it. And I haven't seen a huge amount of the island for reasons I'll explain. But um, basically, there's the capital where I'm staying, which is called St Peter Port, which has a range of good shops and services. Right? I mean. A range. What kind it, of range? It's got a boots, but it hasn't got a so- Basics, super drug. Yeah. It hasn't got a super drug. It's got a mountain warehouse and a millet. Nice. It's got, uh, I mean, oh, it's got, what other chains has it got? It's got enough. I think it's got a Smith's. It's got a Costa Coffee. It's got loads of coffee shops. This is, there's, there's a lot of wealth here because it's, um, the financial services are its big economy driver right oh, right. and yes. i found and i found out i found out that you pay zero corporation tax so if <gasps> if, if our new company <laughs> company uncle harrington enterprises of course yeah 
I mean, I've actually, I've been in, basically, it's been pissing it down all week. So I've more or less been like just in, I mean, it's been raining so hard that on more than one occasion, I walked down to the front of the hotel in my rain jacket that I'd brought with me, right? Yeah. And, and like literally stepped out the door and just turned around again. And that's happened to me twice where like the hotel staff are sort of laughing. <laughs> like a thinking, dog that yeah, refuses to go in exactly. the Exactly. They're the like, line. here he goes. He's going to make another go. Go on then, mate. Have a nice time. And they've just sort of smirked, <laughs> seen me walk out and then just turn straight around and come back in. So I haven't <laughs> seen as much of the island as I would have liked. So I've done a lot of chatting to people. And um, yeah, the one of the first things I found out was if we were to set up Uncle Harrington Enterprises here, right, all you have to do is come here for your board meeting so me and you would have to fly out here right it's a <laughs> I half was gonna say, can you set it up now while you're there it's a half physically. hour flight we'd come out here yeah. tw- twice a year for our board meetings right that sounds like a fucking bonus right exactly it's a lovely place and um and i haven't even told some of the attractions yet which the rain has prevented me from seeing thus far but they're gonna mm. blow your mind so we'd go to some attractions together Right, and, and let me tell you, of course, which we would do anyway. They're pretty sensational attractions, and you'd pay 0% corporation tax. And if you live here, I think there's a flat rate 20% tax. So it's it's a bit of a Tory island, I think. Right, oh, Jesus, that's the only that's the only bad thing about it. Get in there and disrupt it. Yeah, we could There's disrupt some socialist it. ideas. Yeah, but so obviously we we won't be doing that because we believe in paying well, our corporation time, tax. Off the tax yeah. yeah, exactly. We, we believe in paying our corporation tax, but it does make you think. Up to a point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Within the rules, we're, we're not married to the idea. <laughs> Within the boundaries set by the government, it's not actually like they didn't get a vote in Brexit. They're their own sort of sovereign principality, right, but they have yeah. uh, some sort of special relationship with with the UK that I'm um, okay. still not quite clear on. But anyway, um, and and no, Bergerac was from Jersey; it's neighbouring Ireland. And mm. um, but I'm not sure about Letitia and Lasso. I think they might have been from here, but we better check that out. Um, but I, I'm I think, sort yeah, of, that, that rings a bell. Yeah, I'm sort of wondering whether or not. I'm trying to work out whether Bergerac, that ran for a lot of series, and you've got to think that at some point, because it's such a confined space to set every single fucking mystery that Bergerac was involved in, right? Mm. At some point, he'd have had to have fucking done an episode in Guernsey, right? I would imagine so, yeah. I wouldn't say for certain, but yeah. yeah. But, I mean, either way, I've been fucking walking around humming the awesome theme tune to Birdrack to myself all week, which might have annoyed some people because the Jersey Guernsey thing, it might be a bit of a Millwall West Ham or Sunderland Newcastle situation. Of course, it's an act of aggression. Exactly, and and Jersey's... <laughs> I assume that the Birdrack theme tune is Jersey's sort of de facto national anthem. Yeah. I never got watching Bergerac when I was a kid I never got much further than the theme tune I was never massively into the show we talked about this in one of our earliest episodes because I remember I think it was on one of the early episodes of Top Fly you know he had this sort of he had a handler or a master as my son would have called him back then was it Charlie? Charlie And and Charlie was the prototype Brexiteer Right. Yeah. He was living in tax exile. Yeah. He always wore a cravat and one of those blazers that has sort of brass buttons. He mm. always had like a gin and tonic on the go. Was it Charlie Hungerford, was he called? 
<laughs> this is a bloke who said he never Ninja got past the titles and yet still knows the name of a, the full name of one of the side characters. <laughs> well, it was two characters in it, wasn't there? Yeah, that's true. As I said, that, that's that's a memorable surname because, of course, we grew up during the, the, the Hungerford yeah. shootings. Yeah. And you know that John yeah, Major's yeah. constituency was Hungerford as well, which you thought would have worked, worked against him from an electoral oh. point of view. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Hmm. The MP for Hungerford. You would have thought, oh, that's not very electable, is it? No. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. Terence Alexander, he was called. And he appeared also in the West End in comedies and farces, <laughs> including... These These are just perfect names for West End farces and sex comedies, which were, like, big oh, I love in the those, 70s. Yeah. He, he appeared in Move Over, Mrs. Markham. <laughs> <laughs> two and two make sex. Yes! <laughs> Uh, there goes the bride. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, and fringe benefits. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! They sound great. I wish there was still more sex comedies. They they made some films of them as well. And what was the one? Yeah. No, the famous one was No Sex Please. We're British, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one that ran and ran and ran. But there was there's was, there's that great Twitter account called Saucy Seventies Adventures. Oh, that is one of my favourites. Yeah, they did it. They put out a tweet this morning, which is the actor I think Ian Hendry, and he's playing snooker, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, there's there's two women. One of them seems to be like his assistant or something, and another one is is bringing him uh, food and drink, uh, and he keeps seeing them topless. But they're not topless. But he keeps. Seeing them as that, he's undressed. Oh, them he's with his imagining eyes, it, right? And it flashes between them being clothed and unclothed, and it's ludicrous, mm. but uh, also a bit saucy. Yeah, so if you, saucy don't, if, if you don't already follow it, listeners, get on it because apart from anything else, they're an absolute goldmine of Rod Hull and Emu content. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a potential goldmine for this podcast, really. The, the well, the other day, someone well, I often get if I haven't seen it already, other people. Who know that's up our street will quickly CC us in, and they recently did. I think it was like just a couple of days ago. It was uh, they posted Rod Hull and Emu's trip to the dentist, and I'm here trying yeah. to. I'm trying to focus on my work here, Andy. But that's the sort of shit yeah. that could derode me. But seriously, it's big completely. time. I had to w- yeah. rewatch that several times. Yeah. There's uh, just another one they've just done three hours ago as well. Great Blue Peter moments. The time they did a thing about corsets. And there's Maggie Philbin emerging from behind a set of blue velvet curtains wearing a corset and stockings and suspenders on Blue Peter. Maggie Philbin wasn't a Blue Peter host. Did she come on just as a guest to dress sexily? No, she wasn't. Maybe she volunteered to do this. And here to dress sexily, who better than television's Maggie Philbin? Whoa! Blimey! And who else is that? Is that Isla, Isla Sinclair from the Generation Game? I believe it is. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Fucking hell. This is, yeah, it's actually Simon a dangerous end, Twitter account. It says, Simon Groom has eyes on stalks at the end of the clip. It says. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Why? Christ. It could even make a man as godly as Simon Groom fucking yeah. lose his turn, fucking cool. Turn towards the devil. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, great, yeah, there's, great, a, great there's a big feel of that sort of vibe around oh here God. in Guernsey. Cos- Cosmos. Cosmos. 
as we're talking, 12 seconds ago, yeah. Saucy 70s has just posted another great Blue Peter moment. Leslie Judd enjoys a ride on an electric horse. No. Yes. Fucking hell. Uh, what is... have we talked about regarding Leslie Judd and horses on this uh, podcast before? Well, that was supposed to be the a T-shirt. I've lost Leslie Judd. I've lost Leslie Judd is one of our many... I've is, lost in Leslie the, Judd. In the backlog of T-shirt ideas. On a horse. But this is just an electric horse. This is horse. an electric horse. I'm pretty sure the, the horse that she was on when my dad lost her was a... a, a yeah. Uh, I think, is, I think they're much... called human horses, aren't they? The ones that are actually alive. Yeah. And, uh, of course, because she's riding this electric horse, there's an element of, you know, innuendo about it. There's an element of, of filth, which wasn't there in the original show. But th- this, these people on Saucy 70s... All have, right, uh, let, let me tell you, those it. BBC producers knew what they were fucking doing. With all of those of hosts over the years. Of course years, they did. They knew what they were up Something to. Something for the dads, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was. Although, if well, a yeah, dad was just, home at that time of day in those days, it meant that he was probably on the dole. Unemployed. And or, and therefore, uh, he, and therefore God work. knows, he needed cheering up. Yeah. Uh, medically unable to work, probably. But, uh, yeah, that, that, they've literally just posted that as we are talking right now, which is astounding. Where, where were we? What, what's the airport like at Guernsey? I imagine quite tiny. sparse, basic. Yeah, yeah. pretty tiny. Um, apparently, it's really... This is another thing that makes it a bit wicker, man. It's very hard to get on and off the island. One of the things that the man who I couldn't charm said to me, he went, <laughs> he went, uh, the man who I couldn't charm. That will be a tight <laughs> chapter in my book. Um, he goes, uh, he said, yeah, like a lot of flights. I didn't know whether you were going to get here or not. He said, because a lot of flights, it's very touch and go this time of year. It's very difficult for the flights to get in and out because the island mm. of Guernsey, it's enveloped in mist. And he went, the silly buggers built the bloody airport on the highest point of the island right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so it's like it's it's hard to get in and out of this place you know anyway do you want to hear what some of the shit they got on this island is right obviously it was occupied by the night by the nazis right during oh, yeah, the war of course yeah so this hotel that i'm in was like a fucking nazi headquarters the first <laughs> thing the nazis did was they just marched on the island and was like right Got anywhere good to fucking stay, right? <laughs> and they just looked around and they found this fucking. I tell you, right, we're having that. Everyone here, fuck off. I mean, there must have been people here on holiday, and they were like, "But hang on a yeah. minute, we've paid for three days fucking bed and breakfast." Yeah, well, not yeah. anymore. That was the old regime. <laughs> who, who are you anyway? Who are we? We're the fucking Nazis, mate. You might have heard of us. Check out the fucking badge. <laughs> yeah, don't you recognise this? Don't you read the fucking papers? <laughs> Well, um, you do good and all day anyway. Fucking hell. It's a fucking war on. And I go, yeah, we know there's a war and That's why we fucking came here. We thought it'd be safe. Our house was getting bombed in London. Yeah, well, we get <laughs> yeah, everywhere. That's the thing about us Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Land, now, sea, and air. That's us. Fuck off. There's probably a campsite or something around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> We're having the best room. I'm the yeah. fucking boss one. This is our HQ now. <laughs> get fucked. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so what you can see here is there's what I'm hoping to go to over the weekend is if the weather clears up, is I'm going to the Nazi Occupation Museum to find out more details about what they are up to while they were here. Insanely interesting. Yeah, Yeah. but even the thing that I was most excited about all week, right, 
but I've found out it's fucking shut because we're out of season. Season is like April to October, right? Holiday right. season. Yeah. The fucking Nazis only built a secret underground Nazi hospital, right? Really? That they that they that they that they fucking fully kitted out, so it would be. I think they built it underground so like it couldn't be bombed, and uh, yeah. They got slaves. I don't know where they got the slaves from. <clears throat> maybe it was just maybe it was those holiday makers we well, were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, you're always now. They fucking yeah. rolled in, took over the hotel and everything else, and then they go right. First things first, build a fucking hospital and make sure it can't be seen by the fucking <laughs> those cunts over in Britain in case they try and bomb it. <laughs> and there's a fuck. It's still there, mate. They built it underneath a fucking cliff, right? And it's uh, yeah, it's a fucking Nazi hospital. Built Jesus. inside a cliff under the ground, so you can't fucking see it. But you can get in there, and all the fucking I, Nazi medical equipment's still in there, mate. I, I can't believe you've said to me at the beginning of this bit. If I can find the time, is that what you said? No, but it was. It, the thing is, right? It was uh, the first thing I read about was right Nazi hospital. That's fucking top of my list of things to do. Yeah. And then it pissed it down every day, and I was sort of thinking, I'll wait till the weekend before I do any excursions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so then the other day, I said to... So obviously, I've got to know everyone in this fucking hotel now. They're really nice, and I've gone, right, I'm off up the Nazi hospital at the weekend. I said, I don't mm. care. Even if it's pissing it down, I can't leave without seeing the Nazi hospital. No, they exactly, said, yeah. And they were like, no, mate, it's shut. You're out of season. doesn't open again till April. No. Yeah. I said, there's got to be a way I can get in there. They said, no, <laughs> you won't be able to. Play the I'm wondering whether... That- how much security they're going to put on the Nazi hospital out of season out on a quiet season, island none, like this? None. I'll just fucking cl- to get in there. I'll fucking climb in. I'm the. Ca- I fucking climbed into the Colosseum in Rome once in the middle of the fucking night. No one stopped you, me doing you, that. You climbed in the un, untold count, uh, countless numbers of fucking properties in London when you homes. were uh, the nifty yeah. boy. Aristocratic homes where I took jewels, yeah. diamond necklaces, the lot. They can't stop nifty. They cannot stop Nifty. Nifty cannot be contained. No. Good. So I'll be trying to check that out. And there's various other things. And there's little dotted islands, like tiny little islands that have no cars at all. Like they have one pub and just beaches that are like near like 20 minute boat rides away and stuff like that. Oh, this sounds great. Yeah, it's good. It'd be a good. I mean, I might come back in the summer. It's cheap. And it's only half an hour from Gatwick when you're on the. I went on a little propeller plane, mate. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How many seats on the plane? It was quite big. It was it was like not big, but bigger than it wasn't like you know six people. There was about I don't know. There was about fifty of us on this plane, like, like one of those that we saw when we were at Glasgow Airport that time before. Yeah, we that we the, wanted to go up to the islands yeah. and highlands. On. Excuse yeah. me, can we go on that one instead? Yeah, we, we nearly ditched the fucked off the rest of the tour we had booked. Yeah. Said, fuck this, let's go Sorry. to the Isle of Sky. <laughs> London show cancelled due to uh, unforeseen circumstances. We will be doing a episode from the Orkneys instead. <laughs> yeah, man, I went on a prop plane, landed in the mist, Brilliant. and uh, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a good laugh here, man. But I, I, I think I will come back. I think I will come back. Oh, and here's another weird thing, right? So mm-hmm. first day when it wasn't too rainy, I went for a little mooch about the town. Yeah, and I'm mooching about. And I walked past this sort of like kind of photography slash art gallery little place, right? I look in the window and there is a giant fucking exhibition, right? 
not giant. I mean, it's a small place, but in the middle of this sleepy town in Guernsey, right? Of the work of our friend and your fellow Mackham, Tony Briggs, right? What? Promoting the book that you and wow. I starring, right? Cosmos. Briggsy and the whole thing in the in the window it just says Briggsy and I thought oh I know a bloke called Briggsy can't be him fucking is all wow. those photos you know his photos of Kate Moss and Ocean Colour Scene and all of these other sort of Moss. icons it's us yeah well we weren't in it so obviously I've walked oh. straight into this place right and it's just the two proprietors in there and no one else so I'm going all right and they go they go how do you know Briggsy then they go what and I go he's my mate. You got his book lying around, and they said, no, we just sold the last one. But they've got all these prints of his up the oh, set. Right. I said, ain't you got any of me and my mate? The and they go, what? And then I had to get the photo, because I thought they were just, well, it was clear that they just thought, who is this fucking lunatic? Did, did, did you do that thing of turning to the site to show your profile? I got Look, the fucking, me. I got my phone out and went, spent ages going through my Instagram to find <laughs> the pictures <laughs> I'd taken of our bits yeah. in the book to prove to them <laughs> that I wasn't a loon who'd just stumbled out of the rain into their gallery and started fucking claiming that I was in in the book. I know, I know it really well. Look, there's pictures of me. That's me, mate, Andy. Look, there's us. There's us. We're in the book as well. You should go and get it. Um, so, yeah, I made some friends with them. They were nice people. Um, but obviously, yeah, understandably, they thought I was weird. I, I didn't have any apples on me either, so that was a hindrance. Yeah, he used all the apples up. I used my apples. All of your There's an M&S here, mate. There's a massive M&S. It's the sort of M&S that not only does the food and the clothes, but right. even furniture. Fucking hell. So that's hey, I pretty think we're good. Getting, we're getting one of them up here in Washington. They're building one at the minute. Washington, it's going to be an M&S superstore, yeah. Come up and visit when it's uh, when it's well, done. I've been to the MS in Central Sunderland, and I actually bought myself a jumper there. And right. uh, it's they're a, closing it's, that it, one. It's a they're closing it. They're closing that one. That's yeah. a that's a big one. It is. Well, they've got a bigger one out of town. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Game changer. But it's a bit of a shame that they're closing the Central. It is. Sunderland yeah, it's a lovely one, building. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh well, you can't go back, can you? You can't go back. No. So that's basically Guernsey. Other than that, I've just been indoors um, and, yeah, it's been raining all the time and I've just mm. been, like, watching watching a lot of telly. Uh, yeah. Last night I watched I watched a brilliant Swedish terrorism drama <laughs> called... not the, ter- the terrorists aren't Swedish, the terrorists are uh, uh, Islamists. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and... But the, 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 the place they're trying to bomb is Sweden. Right. right, and it's called Caliphate, and so it's set between Sweden and the Caliphate. Right, right. yeah. Uh, so that I can recommend that. I think it's What's a few years on? old. It's on Netflix. On? It's on Netflix, right. and uh, it's really exciting. It's about okay. a lot of it's about radicalization, you know, and how, mm-hmm. you know, in the in Western countries, there's like a sort of a covert radicalization thing, and you know, like we read a lot of stories around the time, and I guess it's still going on, of like kind of you know, in our case, British, very often young women who were lured over to the caliphate. I don't know if you remember, but they also even, they issued, they started issuing like kind of tourism videos and and brochures about how awesome it was and what food you could get there and stuff like that. And uh, I thought that that was... That young girl who got lured over there and then was made stateless by by us, Samina Begum, I think it is, yeah, she's just had her appeal rejected this morning for for to come back to Britain. 
What, so she's so still she's, out there? Uh, she's that, stuck out there now, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, this show is really, I mean, it's a good show. It's like exciting. I'm not going to try and make you sound, I'm not going to try and make it sound boring like it's educational. It's first and foremost really exciting, like a that's spy drama. Want, yeah. But it also fucking gives you insight to the radicalization process and the hoodwinkery that gets these young people over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and to make, and to think that once they're tricked over there, that, you know, you just basically go, no, you can't come back now. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, mm-hmm. I see in a way the theory of it, right? Because it might put other people off going there, but it's like they don't fucking know till they get there. Maybe it's a little bit like Guernsey. Maybe that's what they're trying to do lure people across with a 0% corporation tax and then once you're yeah. there you don't know do you Jalapeño. here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering for the price of a pint and a St Clements each month you can get up to four episodes a week nine months before the rest of the world gets them early access to regular episodes lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Jalapeño. I've got a mate who has a hotel here, and he's let me use it to finish my book. But... He, you know, he's not a Guernseyite himself, but how do I know that I haven't been radicalised without noticing are it? There, are, are there any other residents in the hotel, or is this a bit Jack Nicholson in The Shining kind It's of a bit thing? like that. I mean, there are people down, if I go down to, like, <laughs> for, for breakfast or, or lunch in the restaurant area, there are people yeah. there, but they're mainly kind of people having, like, business lunches, because it's all, like, finance people. There is a I huge mean, so amount of people who, who are nipping over there for their annual board. Yeah, or sort of they live thing. here because they get they. Yeah. You know, also your personal. Some people have just thought, "Fuck this, I'll live here." Um, yeah. And you, you know, your personal tax is so low as well. And they're doing all their financial services like jiggery pokery from mm. here. And they come down to this hotel to have their business meetings. And I've been. I got to tell you, most of the time I keep my headphones in, listening to the jazz music. <laughs> right, because yeah, there is Guernsey a lot of jazz. There's, there's your there episode was, title. There's a huge amount of fucking. There, basically, what I've been thinking about a lot is train guy. There is a huge amount of train guy. <laughs> I kept yeah. thinking of Jeff Linton. Right, there is, I've heard a huge amount of those kind of conversations here. Whenever, whenever I've like paused my music, I've heard yeah. people effectively just talking about the Lintonator. <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of amusing to begin with but then just becomes like oh no this is awful I'm, it's t- I'm stuck on Tory Island yeah <laughs> they're going to try and make me a Tory and there's a Nazi hospital as well it all adds oh! up. <laughs> that's when they're going to start doing experiments you've got to be very careful trying to get at that hospital they might experiment on you they're going to do an experiment on my fucking brain they've to turn it Tory Tory blood into you or something yeah 
No, there's a bit. I think it's in your frontal lobe, isn't it? They can sort of, they can do because that's where the Tory. There's a lot. They say that thirty percent of your unused brain is Tory. It's Tory, yeah. And uh, a lot of the Nazis or and the modern Tories, like your Suella Bravermans, your sort of Mm. radical Tories, have have worked on the science. They've kidnapped a lot of scientists and made them work in their lair to sort of work on the science to unlock. It's a bit like, uh, I guess it's like Oppenheimer, right? The I Nazis. Don't know about that. I haven't watched that. Well, I haven't watched it either. All but right. one day. But you think you know about it? I think. Well, I watched the BAFTAs the other night. That's how bored <laughs> oh, I was. I, I never watch award shows, but I got here on Sunday night and I felt a bit lonely, to be honest. So I switched on the box and the BAFTAs was on, yeah. so I watched that. I was going to watch it because The Old Oak was nominated for Best British Picture, but then oh, I yeah. saw the. It was, it was delayed coverage. So I saw the result before it even been on the telly and I hadn't won I said I don't didn't, said didn't, we you, won didn't you throw a like a three quarters full can of lager at the TV screen when they when the, it was, yeah. didn't win and cracked your well, own I mean, TV screen I had fucking friends and family around we were having like a BAFTA party it was like yeah. 50 of us here so you smashed your own TV screen and you threw everyone out and shouted yeah. at your own parents yeah, well, of course yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't believe it because I don't really believe in award ceremonies but I just got totally to suck it in by it, it all it? It, get, it does get Fuck. to you. Fucking yeah, yeah. No, I felt bad for you, mate. I went, I went down to the bar here and swore at a few Tories because <laughs> I was like, "Of course it didn't fucking win because it told the true story of working people, and yeah. you don't fucking want that, do you?" And they Fuck just looked us. at me blankly. Yeah, you went back to your room, listen to your jazz. Listen, I'll go back to the room to listen to my jazz. That'll <laughs> stop my brain turning Tory. But um, here's, here's a life logistics question I'm going to put to you, right? Hypothetically, if you've you've got someone you, you get along with, a pal, you could say, mm. someone you inter- interact with on social media yeah. quite regularly, yeah. uh, and some personal tragedy befalls that person, e.g. the death of their spouse, oh, God, and yeah. they do uh, a crowdfunder to right. help them get through yeah. what was obviously an incredibly traumatic time, loss of earnings, all that kind of thing. And then and you donate to it because you think they're a good person and you get along with them. Yeah. And then three, four years later, you discover that they've blocked you on social oh. media. Yeah. And you've no idea why. You just all of a sudden you realise that you haven't seen them on Twitter, let's say, for a while, and you look, and it turns out you're blocked. Mm. Are you entitled to ask that person for a refund on the donation <laughs> that you made three, four no. years ago? No, I mean, you who knows? So. People block for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes they're just like, you know, fuck this, I need to just, like, stay out of certain... So they might think, right, I'm going to stay on... You might think, for instance, I'm going to stay on Twitter, but only to follow like stuff about my football team right it was 50 quid <laughs> yeah I don't know but then you're saying um, I think you say like worst case scenario they've blocked you because they've objected to some of the opinions you've expressed yeah. right yeah that could be it and then you're yeah. saying I only donate that 50 quid because I thought you unilaterally agreed with my point of view on everything. And now I find out that you didn't, I feel cheated. 
But then again, to then go to them and say, can I have my money back, kind of doubles down on the fact that they no longer regard you as uh, as someone to follow. So it's shit or bust, isn't it? Yeah, give you the money back. They're just like, I appreciate your or, money, but I no longer want it to be exposed to your Your thoughts opinions. Or opinions. My opinions haven't changed over the years. So is my No, but they've, 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 they're have they've in a different place. Fucking hell. <laughs> right, I, I mean, I thought I'd ask you, seeing as you're It's like, worse than uh, that, mate. I mean, I've... What do you do? We've talked about this before. What do you do when you've got a, a, a real life mate who suddenly, when they've got a few beers in front of the inside of them, start saying things that are that you deem to be a bit um, misogynist oh, yeah. or Tory, yeah. right? And you sort of think, oh no, you know, this You're is that now. yeah, yeah, or maybe you always were, and it's just with a few drinks inside you. But then you think, oh, maybe when I was when I used to drink, we'd have conversations like this, and I just took it more in the spirit of we're all drunk and being silly. Right, mm. and ironic. Sort of, uh, yeah, maybe, but yeah, like you know, I've I've got a couple of mates. Last year, I went out for dinner with a couple of old mates, and the conversation, like they were all drinking, I wasn't, and the conversation got really. And everyone's married and has kids, but the conversation became. And look, you know, obviously, we come across to anyone fucking young and civilized who listens to this show. I'm sure we come across as a couple of unreconstructed fucking dinosaurs obsessed with seventies, <laughs> obsessed with seventies and eighties TV presenters on horses. <laughs> I get that. Right. So I get, I'm throwing stones in a glass house here, but some of the fucking stuff people say about oh, birds and all the rest of it. And you think, Oh, I think this crosses a line a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you know. Then you get caught between. I don't want to be that fucking dick. He goes, hey guys, I know this is all a bit of fun, but uh, actually, I think you'll find not all women are, as you put it, gagging for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you think, oh god, I don't know. Is this a friendship I can continue with, or is it just like such a rare occurrence that I can sort of forget about it? Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You when you disagree with I friends, think, think, do, do you have we, we, friends? Mm. Do you have friends? You, you know, a friend doesn't have to be someone who you align with completely on everything, do, do they? Yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, you have to say something. But also, there's a time and a place, isn't there? Because yeah, if, so. if, say, everyone's drunk and you're not, and everyone's having a laugh, and then you suddenly pipe up, and you turn the, into you the don't, I don't think teacher. in a situation like that anyone's going to necessarily listen to you or come way, round to your way of thinking, yeah. or they're just going to like think you're being a, an annoying cunt. Shut up, and it won't get you anywhere. It'll just lead to more conflict. So maybe there's a time and a place, I guess. Especially given that you're not drinking as well, you're then seen as the sexism cop. You yeah, I mean? exactly. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And they go, oh, man, well, that's why we don't invite you out. So yeah, can't relax to, with you saying stuff like to... this. But all I'm saying is there is a line, I think, sometimes with things. And, you know, there was a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes you, you hear people giving it a bit sort of, well, if I don't like it here, and all that sort of stuff Yeah, we got well. to call that, or call that shit out. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's horrible. It's horrible. But people are horrible. But yes, also people, people are, are really just horrible. People are stupid. There's a yes. lot of stupidity. And there's also a lot of just laziness, I think, because yeah. having points of view that are just like negative and don't bother to engage with other people's sort of experience in any like nuanced way or detailed way, it's usually, it's, it's sort of, it, you could call it ignorance, but it's also just fucking plain lazy. It's like so much simpler to just yeah. hate on someone. 
and judge yeah. them than it is to fucking spend a bit of time trying to get your head around what their experience of this situation True. is. True. So, I mean, I don't I, know. I, this, I would, this is all fucking <clears throat> boring. Like, it was better when I was talking about Nazi hospitals. You can tell I've been on my fucking own all week. I've just been fucking walking around a fucking hotel room <laughs> thinking all sorts of fucking daft thoughts. <laughs> been recording podcasts with yourself. No, but get, <laughs> in just, the mirror that just, that just reminded me talking about I mean I went to the darts in Newcastle last night the Premier League mm. darts and I, I did see some people that I would describe as lazy and ignorant and also quite drunk yeah um, but th- that's you know you can't pick and choose who you're with in a 12,000 seater arena no. but <clears throat> no. uh, darts aside it was a brilliant night some really great matches brilliant night yeah. took my best mate and his son who'd never been before and they are yeah. now just completely hooked. Oh, brilliant. Which is great. So That's a good more, feeling. more converts to the darts course. But we came out and I drove because it's it's so much easier to drive and not have a drink and everything because I can park just outside the venue. And as we were pulling away from the car park, obviously thousands of people, shit-faced, fancy dress, the lot, were spilling into the road. Some bloke tried to climb on my car bonnet. There was, oh, it no. was just It was just horrendous but also quite fun. Yeah. And I saw one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And it was just in the middle of the road, there were six fellas dressed as Spider-Man. Mm. And I don't know whether they'd all gone together or whether they just encountered each other as they were coming out. But you know the Spider-Man meme where there's two Spider-Men yeah, pointing, at, pointing each other. at each other? Six of them stood in a circle all pointing at each oh, other. Oh, wonderful. As the crowd went, Way! Wonderful. It was yeah, incredible. A meme came to life. A meme came to life it was superb but anyway let's predict mm. let's predict oh by the by the way just real quick i know we didn't <clears throat> have time to talk about the the um the sad dismissal of yet another sunderland manager this week <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of the funny social media stuff that followed but just as we were waiting to record yeah. i was thinking about that and then i saw an article on the bbc sports website called klopp successor the data surprise number one. I'll be really quick, but it's just so like the way that this sort of data like nonsense, the way that football has moved on, like yeah. way beyond the fucking comprehension of old cunts like me and you, right? Yeah. So called legacy fans is now just at a stage where it's like I can know I don't understand what football is. They've done this really long article on the BBC website, right, with this fucking spreadsheet with incomprehensible fucking data mm. about. 10 different managers, right, who could mm. replace Jurgen Klopp, right? And I thought, what is it? This is like an article about who... Okay, an article about who might be the next Liverpool manager. That yeah. makes sense to me. That's a legitimate subject matter on a football website. And it goes, how have we worked it out? The metrics defined, right? And they've done metrics. it in all these categories, right? Metrics, metrics, all these words, right? Fuck Objective off. achievement rating, right? Mm. I, I won't bore you with what that means, but underneath there's a paragraph explaining what that means. Yeah. Overall rating, brackets, weighted metrics. <laughs> Strategic intelligence rating. <laughs> Tactical command rating. <clears throat> attacking coefficient slash success-adjusted attacking God. coefficient, right? Yeah. Team shot conversion rating slash opposition shot conversion rating. Shot creation Goals ratio. For against then. And possession. And each of these subjects, next to all these managers, half of whom you haven't heard of, right, have got all these, like, you know, 3.76, 20.49, right? And all this data is put into a spreadsheet. And if you carry on reading this really long article, at the end it tells you who should be the next Liverpool manager, right? Fucking hell. And uh, how do they find... 
right? Football has been yeah. captured by, by two virgins. groups of people. <laughs> or, or the same people who've got the two skill sets. One, they think they're data analysts. And I know. two... Why, why, think... why do you want to... When I was a kid, we all wanted to be fucking spacemen, not yeah, data and, analysts. Data analysts. And two, they all think they're accountants. Yeah. Why are those the things that people want to be now? <laughs> I blame COVID. Man, COVID, every single night, they had a couple of fucking weird scientists got up on the telly and started yeah. talking you through loads of, like, uh, and graphs, graphs and, and, and charts yeah. and data. And, like, me, I just never watched it. I thought it was fucking boring. Ah, I thought, what difference does this to make to me? Yeah, I'm going to go on that saucy 70s adventure. That's much better. The other day, <laughs> they had a, a missus, and she, she had a woman, a housewife in the bath, topless. <laughs> <laughs> and she was hiding from her husband because she had her boyfriend hiding in the wardrobe. <laughs> That's much better. Yeah, there right? was a divergence, wasn't there? Yeah. And like, I just sort of think at that point, people like got really into this shit. Data. Let's crunch the data. Fucking and it's hell, like, man. I don't. That's how. I mean, Sunderland, from what I can tell from listening to you, they've had a succession of fucking managers, right? Who your child prince fucking club owner. But, yeah, but ooh, ooh, but, you know he's twenty-seven. That's why, and these are the kids who were so fucking enraptured by this data and analysis shit. Well, could be. They got all yeah. these fucking snake oil salesmen who turn up <clears> at Sunderland and go, "Look at my spreadsheet," and this kid goes, "Yeah, we'll fucking have you." That's that exactly great. what's happened with this last cunt. Yeah, yeah, and then Bill. ten games yeah. in, it's like, yeah, but he can't manage a football team, and yeah. he's a weirdo who has no interpersonal. You know, I'm not being funny, but I look at someone like fucking Harry Redknapp, right, who got Tottenham to, like, the, the fucking Champions League semi-finals and had all sorts of other success on the basis of he was just, like, good bloke, kind of made them all feel good about themselves, he, generated he a bit of an atmosphere. That, he knows what to put an arm around you. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just can't believe this. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah, weird, football. right? captured. Captured attacking by coefficient slash success adjusted attacking <clears throat> coefficient a measure of the manager's propensity to play an attacking style of football and the relative impact of the manager's attacking coefficient on the success of the team mm. no idea fuck off no idea okay anyway let's show <laughs> how much we know about football by doing some <laughs> predictions uh, here we go Bournemouth versus Manchester City Oh, um, I would say that will be Bournemouth nil, Manchester City one. Wow. Mm. <clears throat> I will go Bournemouth one, Manchester City three. Then we got Brighton versus Everton. I think Brighton will win that two to nil. I think I'm going to go the same as you. That's two nil Brighton. All right. Monday Night Football. Remember when that used to be a thing? No one gives a fuck about it anymore, do they? Monday Night Football. It used to be, because there's football fucking every day. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, hey, maybe I used to call up, or I didn't have Sky when it first started, so I'd like my brother had Sky or something. Sometimes when Sky was very rarefied at the beginning, my brother's office in the fucking West End in Soho right. had it, and me and my mate would go like, you know, up all the way up to fucking yeah. up Salo. We'd see a mucky film first, obviously. Tea time, yeah. Yeah, uh, tea time, a matinee mucky, they'd call it. <laughs> <laughs> we'd go and see a matinee mucky, and then we'd go to my brother's office and, like, 
get quite pissed watching a game and like four or five other lads would come as well because it would be a big thing. And it'd only be like Palace versus fucking Everton or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it like it's football. West Ham Brentford this week, isn't it? West Ham Brentford, yeah. In the spirit of my new um, let's stop predicting West Ham will win everything because that will, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that this will be 2-1 to Brentford. Fucking hell. Well, I think you're due a win. I think it'll be 2-1 West Ham. Uh, Sunderland versus Swansea, which is Saturday. We are, well, I, I don't know whether I should tell you this. I don't know. Give, give you a, a help. But we are without, obviously without a manager. We've got a caretaker manager in. And we're without our talisman, Jack Clark, who's out with a foot injury. Oh, with no. that in mind, I'm going to say a 1-0 to Swansea. Okay, yeah, I'll say. Um, no, you know what? I'm going to say 1-0 no, two one to Sunderland because yeah, sometimes you do, the players yeah. get a bounce because obviously yeah. Ian Beal, Professor Ian Beal, was um, a fucking downer, and so sometimes the players are just buzzing because the, the cunt's fucked off. The witch yeah. is dead. I don't see where we're going to get two goals from, but you know, stranger things have happened. And who's finally, the caretaker ask, manager? It's Mike Dodds, who's the first oh, team coach. Dodsy. Yeah, Dodds back. Dodds ball is back. Um, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal I'd say give Newcastle. it Dodsy till end of the season, mate. Well, we have. Yeah, we give have. him a chance. Oh, yeah, good. We're not even trying to get good. a new manager in. He deserves Fuck a it. chance. Arsenal versus Newcastle. What do you think? Oof. Um, I think this will be 3 1 Arsenal. 3 1 Arsenal. I think it will be. I'll go 3 0 Arsenal. So there we are. That's the predictions. Uh, Dodds Ball is about to return to Sunderland at the weekend. And. Uh, that's about it. Oh, just seen the uh, sad news that John Savident, who played Fred Elliott, the butcher in Coronation oh. Street, has died. Who, of course, oh, Fred no. Elliott was based on Foghorn Leghorn. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I'd say everything twice. I say, I say everything twice. <laughs> boy, I say, boy. <laughs> no, Fucking Foghorn like Leghorn is sensational and a potential future deep dive. Foghorn Leghorn is a st- astounding character. Oh, yeah, and something from Monday, which we'll definitely forget, is yeah. um, I sent you, a, I found a fascinating article oh, yeah. about about Telecom Tower in the week, yeah. which I don't talk about enough as the best building in London by a mile and anyone else who says any different is just being a twat right it's the fucking it's a it's a building that looks like a fucking rocket and it once had a revolving (laughs) restaurant restaurant, a a revolving restaurant managed by Billy Butlin (laughs) and they showed down because of terrorists they showed down because of terrorists but of course it's Noel's favourite building Noel was in and out of Telecom Tower non-fucking-stop throughout the 80s wasn't he yeah, his idea for everything was either let's do it on Concord or let's do it in well, Telecom Tower. Telecom Those Tower. were his two yeah. mad ideas. His ideas for everything were that. That, that the the abiding memory I've got is those guys who had to run up the stairs all the way up it and Tower. down. And, and Noel thinks it's the funniest the thing he's ever seen. He's like laughing his head off. And ah, oh, these people are absolutely nuts, <laughs> you loonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we might take a closer look at the history yeah, of Telecom I've Tower on Monday if we remember. I've written it down. We'll have a go. All right. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your spelling, Guernsey. Good luck with the Nazi hospital. Uh, <laughs> we could be talking about that as well. Uh, thanks for listening. And that's that. That's that.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.